Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. Time for a bit of Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you again today. How are you doing? Hey, good, thanks, Noreen. How are you on this windy day? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm buzzing, sort of. Um, I, I think I'll be on the typhoon shift later on, so I'm just, you know, psyching myself up a little bit. So, Do, do, do you have any... I, I've heard news reports on RTHK, and um, I've been trying to fathom, are we going to go into a number eight signal? Well, you know, we can't report on rumours. That's the, the, the truth. No. I'm only just going by... No, no fake news. Yeah, no fake news. Um, I, I think the observatory is considering like yeah, issuing something later on this afternoon. But again, you know, things yeah. can change. So we just have a contingency plan. So yeah. my lawyers help me with the wording of this. I might be on for... I might be on for the for, for the for the um, oh. typhoon shift if we have a typhoon. So, so I'm glad to hear you're getting legal advice on that, Noreen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's Tuesday. Well, it's always lovely to have hmm. some food news updates. What have you got for us this afternoon? It's almost all out of Hong Kong. I've got three things to talk about, and uh, and we'll see if we get through them all. A couple of them, there's quite a lot to say. So let's see. First, first off. Um, we may have caught the news uh, this week. I heard it actually mentioned on a news bulletin on your very radio station, on our very radio station yesterday, um, that McDonald's in the US has launched its first veggie burger. Uh, but that's not what this piece is all about. Did you hear, uh, did you that, hear on that on Steve J? Uh, did you, was it on Steve's show? No, it was it was some oh, reading out oh. reading. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, it was it was it, I think it was her, but it was someone it was a news reader, <laughs> female news reader in your newsroom. Ah, oh, so, okay, uh, maybe it was Sam Butler. No, I I I, I must have missed it and enlightened us. Well, okay, well, um that that's been that's been announced uh this week because the uh the fast food giant has been reporting that for a long time and it's kind of said it's teased on its social media. Yes, some people do, um, you know, follow McDonald's social media, and um, that they were um, going to launch a meat-free burger that's kind of plant-based, but of their own concoction, for quite some months now. Obviously, you know, things are not at normal speed during COVID, but a lot of people, and it's happening in America, a lot of people, of course, are getting more takeaways as various lockdowns happen or people don't want to go out to eat so much but what i really want to talk about that was in the news but that was not the main focus it's uh, it's one of it's probably a main rival in the u.s burger king it becomes the first fast food chain to test meatless nuggets made by one of the two top u.s producers of plant-based meat who we've talked about many times before in this case the chicken substitute nuggets are made by impossible foods and the um we spoke about this brand of fast food um burger king two years ago nearly two years ago when it became the first fast food chain to sell meatless burgers from the same producer impossible foods and we thought it strange at the time i remember on this very segment on tuesday that we were saying oh it's interesting it was um, you know not mcdonald's who um uh, and that they, they were taking their time they hadn't commented on whether they were going to do anything now two years later mcdonald's has released um something and uh it's interesting that they have turned to their own production so whereas burger king is using one of those 
top two that I've said, you know, the other one is called Beyond Meat. We've all, we've all mm. heard of them probably, or, or we might have seen them in certain supermarkets where you can get the actual ready-made sausages, burgers, whatever. That's what these guys have been researching for many years and they've gone out into production and been quite successful over the last few years. So some of the big fast food uh, chains are actually just taking them as is. And in this case, the uh, meatless chicken nuggets, whatever, or however we want to phrase that, um, you know, that they are impersonating chicken nuggets, um, are being trialled in four cities as of yesterday by Burger King. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so they've, they've, they've rolled them out to trial them, which is what they did with the meatless burgers from Impossible two years ago. And when they did release the, uh, the, the burgers, the Impossible burgers, their sales went up, even though the plant-based burgers were more expensive retail than their classic Counter- most pop... Yeah, yeah, sorry, go on, yeah. Oh, no, just going to say that their, their most sort of uh, well-known item for them is called the Big Whopper, and that is a beef, big beef burger, beef hamburger. And it's, um, so they, um, they, 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 they kind of took a risk at putting the burgers out there at a higher price. And after doing so well, the, the, uh, the vegetarian burgers lifted sales. I haven't got the, the report that I've read doesn't have a, a percentage. I don't know if they actually confessed what the percentage was, but it lifted sales, counter sales. Um, and, and they were able to bring the price down, but it's still a bit more expensive than the uh, than the signature real meat burger. Mm. So that's you, sorry. You, what were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I was going to say it's the same. Like you know, whenever we have, say, spaghetti bolognese, and then we make it with um, uh, 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 imitation oh, yeah. meat, um, it's always yeah. going to be more expensive double the price of mm. regular mince and then um well you know there's the, the 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 animal cruelty aspect of it and then you're having something that's you know plant-based maybe it's healthier but then at the back of my mind i think um i can get on board with the animal cruelty definitely um but mm. is it is it really healthier I, I i don't know it's still processed food so i, well, I sometimes i have my head i can't wrap yeah mind, but then sometimes i do feel healthier because it's plant-based that notion in my head i i, I don't know i'm not psychologically <laughs> yeah like a, i'm not like an expert. A, well, no, that, if somebody can just enlighten me i'd love that yeah that's uh, well i i mean we've we've only touched on it slightly but there were some reports um about a year or so ago uh, in the states by some of the naysayers and there's been no kind of firm conclusion on this but they were saying exactly what you just mentioned which is that the um there may not be chemical flavorings but some of the preservatives and some of the other additives that are in there are not necessarily to be confused with having a healthy diet mm. so the conclusion that some nutritionists made in the US is that although in some respects, they are healthier um, overall than having processed red meat where some of the bits that are in the burger or sausages are off-cut that you wouldn't normally buy if you knew what they were. Um, the, um, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not something that should be eaten too frequently. And, and also, you mentioned the cost. And, um, you know, it's, um, all, all of the products, of course, in Hong Kong are not double, but they're probably about 30 to 40% higher at least than what people are paying for those in America. And so if those, if burgers did get rolled out in fast food chain franchises here, I wonder what the prices would be. Because uh, Hong Kong has had some of the cheapest 
uh, on the M- McDonald's Index, which is something that used to come oh, out yeah. every year. Haven't That's heard about it for a few years, actually. But but Hong Kong always was um, pretty much the cheapest one on the list, and it was kind of such amazing value compared. It was it was less than half the price retail than it was in the UK, for example. It was about half the price of the US. It was cheaper than in Thailand and other parts of Southeast Asia. Somehow, Hong Kong managed to uh, to get it out to the customer, probably because of volume in some of those high traffic areas. They were able to maybe juggle their um, the, you know their their figures to make it available because they were getting so many people buying it. I don't know how it works, mm. but um, so what? But but if but if they did try to roll out um, either their own uh, formula or um, or some bought in, you know, from from one of the big producers of plant based meat, probably those would be a lot more than, than what people are used to paying here. So I wonder if it would work. I don't know. So um, it, vegans have been uh, pressuring the uh, uh, all of in, in America, all of the fast food places to come out with alternatives. And uh, so f- finally, it seems like they're rolling them out more and more. Um, however, um, there, there's, there's also been a chicken shortage, which currently, not um, you know, not 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 ages ago when everything seized up logistically with COVID, um, but but also for some reason, according this week to the Bank of America Securities, chicken commodity prices have doubled in the past 12 months because of the scarcity of chicken meat, as it becomes harder to source for um, uh, for restaurants. So they haven't given a reason. They've just noticed the fact that the price has gone up to nearly double. So if that's the case, maybe these replacement plant-based foods won't be that much more expensive after all. So, yeah, so that's, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. Next, um, staying in the U.S. for a report that came out that was quite interesting by, um, by Robert Sanchetta, Who's the who's from the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, and he is a senior aviation medical examiner um, who used to be um, involved in uh, in actually um, uh, on board um, uh, pilot cockpits type work before, but he's gone into uh, a kind of admin job looking at medical areas around. The uh, the health and welfare of both pilots and the uh, the steward staff on aircraft. He has just written an article in the last week, but a few days ago, saying that he's very concerned about the overuse of or the prevalence of energy drinks in flying, and uh, specifically pilots, For pilots drinking uh, energy. Wow. Yeah, have you heard have you heard about this? No, I haven't, but uh, oh, right. it used to be a student's mm. thing. Do you remember being a student in uni? Oh, yeah. And having, yeah. in the UK, it was Pro Plus, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's it. I took that when <laughs> I took that when I was studying my A-levels, actually, even before university, to, um, to be able to be up revising later. Pro Plus, which basically was an early day's uh, caffeine supplements, wasn't it? Which, uh, which even even in, if in uh, tablet form, I'd never heard yeah, of it. it Coming from Hong Kong, I'd never ever heard of it until mm. I went to the UK, and everybody was taking. Well, yeah, taking. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so dodgy. Yeah. But rather than, I'm yeah. not a coffee fan, so I don't really drink coffee. But but it was just a, an easy way to get caffeine into your body, other than you know mm. drinking soft drinks. Um, and it exactly. was a thing. 
Yeah. It was. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether it's still around or not, but uh, not sure. but, it, but it was. It was. It was the predecessor of energy drinks, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, I, I haven't. Uh, you know, nowadays people would uh, reach perhaps for something that's more of a drink than that. I don't know. But um, but yeah, they've become very popular. Energy drinks, that is, have become popular um, just across age groups, really. Uh, it, they are very popular. I mean, I, I've got a teenage son of 18, and uh, and he quite likes to have an energy drink now and then, um, just as a you know, just when he's when he's feeling like he hasn't got much energy, and he and like he and he's really something. yeah. And he, I mean, he's only just started to, uh, as I did about his age of 18 to uh, 17 or 18, I started to enjoy coffee, I suppose. So, in Chinese but, but not... culture or in Hong Kong, they have mm. the gaijing, you know, those chicken essence in the, in like, oh, yeah. like the baby food jar. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very, very chicken extract, isn't it? Oh, yeah, called chicken, in English, yeah chicken extract. Yeah. That's it, a, very weird. It's like a, yeah, it's like a very focused um, or kind of reduced chicken stock that has, uh, that's been boiled down to have uh, a really sort of, all of the nutrients, which are meant to be um, uh, both good, uh, energizing a bit, but also lots of nutrients. Yeah, I, I don't. I've I, never I have, tried, I have tried it. That. No, I haven't. Oh, I, I have, but I, I tried it. I tried it when uh, I think when I didn't, when I was feeling like uh, just after I had flu or something, it was recommended that I try it to get strength back. Yeah. I'm not sure I noticed any difference, but it was <laughs> just an interesting thing to try. Um, it's pretty just strong chicken taste, powder. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a cube. <laughs> Just a cube yeah. taken around with a bit of, and so, and it, but it's very dark, isn't it? Perhaps a splash of soy in there as well. <laughs> yeah. But well, back to uh, um, back, back yeah, to the sorry yeah. energy drinks. Back to drinks. Mr. Sanchez's article on uh, on energy drinks and pilots. Uh, they, uh, the popularity has risen, he's noticed um, after surveying uh, different airline staff in America, and. It raises the need, he says, to talk about pilot responsibility for what they're putting into their bodies. Well, pilot responsibility, I suppose by that he means there's their responsibility for the whole plane of passengers. Um, I mean, as, as energy drinks are unregulated, he, he goes on, they contain many ingredients that I've never heard of. This is in his words, the writer. But uh, rather than praise or disapprove of their consumption, instead my focus is on reminding pilots of the dangers in doing so. A pilot needs to be responsible for anything consumed as the ethics of US regulations require a pilot to understand when he or she is fit to fly at any given time. And um, they have to be able to self-ground themselves if they feel that they do not have airworthiness. So the thing is here, what he goes on to say is that the boost of energy that um, you know that, that, that we all we, we all know um, it has its kind of come down effect, and that you can be a bit hyper one moment and then totally lethargic. So I suppose what he's getting at is that over, particularly over a longer flight, I should imagine there could be mood swings, and he does go on to mention that it can lead to irritability. And uh, and yeah, changes in in mood. Um, he 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 says though that a simple search of the ingredients can raise alarming concerns, and also some case studies that people have died consuming energy drinks that remain popular still on the market. In 2019, in America, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, investigated more than 30 deaths 
that occurs likely as the result of energy drink consumption. I mean, that's quite a lot, really. I mean, I know they've got a large population, but that still is quite a few. And in 2019, also the same year, an article in the Journal of the American Heart Association stated that energy drinks have been linked to an increase of emergency room visits and deaths. Numerous cardiac risks to energy drink consumption were discussed. And... The things that, that had happened that had been prompted in the um, Journal of, Medi- of American Heart Association were the risks and, and occurrence of heart attack, stroke, and uh, on a minor, more minor level, irregular heart beats. So the, uh, the, the, the writer of this article uh, mentioning this, these findings from the uh, American Heart Association says that um, you know if, if there are irregular heartbeats uh, that a pilot has while while flying after consuming an energy drink, that's going to possibly cause him to panic, which could be a psychological panic attack or psychological uh, disturbance to you know the calm that is required for a pilot. Um, the other the other problem another problem that he isolates as uh, an energy drink problem specific to pilots when they're having a stop or layover is insomnia that you can stay awake when you're on duty but it can sometimes stop you from sleeping when you land as well mm. and then a pilot can remain awake this is some this is from talking to you know many um uh staff of airlines to uh, to to verify this that they can uh, have have problems and then have a lack of sleep before then returning to the pilot's cabin to, um, to 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 fly back to wherever they were from. Mm. So these are all these are all his arguments against against it. There are so many. I probably won't uh, go on. But he does say though that um, that the problem really is to do with the fact that the that energy drinks are not regulated or not by the um, by the Aviation Association of America seen as something that should be banned in the way that they do um have a rule and regulation of course about um about certain banned stimulants or narcotics which obviously if um you know if if a pilot or any other cabin staff is found to be under the influence of um they would um you know be be at the very least reprimanded if not lose their job so yeah, are, um, are you are you a big fan of coffee or say energy drinks? Not energy drinks at all. The only time, um, the, I mean, I remember when uh, the, the the certain I won't mention the brand, but it's a certain brand that is popular with vodka and has a picture of a Red Bull on it. Oh, whoops! That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, so when when that when that first came out, I uh, I tried it and I thought, what a disgusting taste! And I just and couldn't, now you're addicted I mean, that, to that, it. Yeah, after after three dozen in a pack, after getting a couple of slabs in, I love it. Can't get off it now. But no, I, I mean, I really, for that, the taste alone put me off. I mean, I, I know it was a real craze sometime, I think, in the early 90s. Still or is in the nightclubs, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think you still see it on drinks lists, don't you? But it's um, but 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 what didn't used to be the case? I mean, that was the pioneer, um, and now there are so many other brands out there. And I know that my my son in the last few years probably um, just as a as a boost, and because they didn't drink coffee in those sort of early early to mid teen years, would sometimes grab one of those cans, and some of them are. Pretty large cans. The uh, you know the first ones that came out were quite small. Now they come in sort of like five hundred milliliter cans. And uh, oh, really? Wow. You have to. 
That's a lot. Yeah, not not no, not that same brand. Other other oh, brands. Yeah, other brands. Um, they, yeah. 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 And um, so they, um, you know, the, the the effects of that can go on for a long time. And with teenagers, as if they don't have enough mood swinging hormonal activity going on, I don't think they need any extra help from uh, from energy drinks. So mm. it's um, yeah. I mean, I, I also for for one uh, online publication, I once did a taste test of um, and and an effects test of about. 10 different brands of energy drink, some of which were um, newly available at that time in Hong Kong. And I really took my time doing that story. I, I mean, I could have, I, I wasn't on a very tight deadline, but I could have, I could have got it done within a week, but I would just would have kind of, don't know what I would have done to myself if I had been drinking, trying a couple of different ones every day. Just not, I just felt that it was, I was getting really too uh, wired, I could really feel it. And I, and I was a coffee drinker, so I knew what it felt like to have a few coffees, but it was far more than that. I can see we're getting close to time, Noreen. Shall I wrap? Shall I just wrap this one up, or are we, are we kind of out of time now? Yeah, we are out of time now. We've got about 40 okay. seconds. And I, yeah, uh, but uh, speaking of coffee, I mean, uh, it's no secret I'm not such a big fan of coffee. I think I've mentioned it so many times on the program. Um, it just yeah. gives me, it just gives me this sort of sense of impending doom. And if you Google coffee oh. in Impending doom. Mm. It's a thing. Pe- people discuss <laughs> it. Yeah, Google really? coffee. Impending doom. People well, discuss. I, I will do. Yeah, um, it, it just the feelings of anxiety, um, and it, it kind of keeps huh. you in a loop. It, it, I, I don't know. I, I can't explain it, and I'm not a particular. I, I'm not particularly prone mm. to anxiety or mm. or sort of. And it, you know, energy drinks don't have the same effect. But for some reason, every time mm. I drink coffee, I feel this weight. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I think it's- I think it's important just to be real to, you know, different things affect people differently. Those energy drinks that I tried had more effects on me than coffee. So I think it's just noticing what things have effects, isn't it? Exactly. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And I look forward to more chats with you next week. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you. You too.